Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow, rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey, everybody, or should I say hello for this episode of the Breakpoint Podcast. That one got Marcus. He's laughing. I see him. Um, <laughs> we do some hey. player profiles <laughs> on our Scandinavian friends, Casper Rude, Holger Runa. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to mispronounce some names, and Marcus's mom is going to DM us scolding me for it. <laughs> let's go, and let's have some fun. Marcus. We are going to be talking about our favorite Scandinavian tennis players who continuously defy our doomsday predictions sometimes and are quickly ascending up the rankings. And it seemed like for a brief period there uh, in the Robin Soderling era, let's call it, that Scandinavian tennis was really starting to sort of fall off in comparison to the heights that it was in like the 70s and 80s. Uh, with players like Bjorn Borg and Mats Wielander and the whole, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with the Swedish oh, tennis yeah. players, Ed especially. Berg. Yep. Okay. But boy, are they back and boy, are they back with a vengeance. Um, and we are now potentially going to have, I know we've got at least two in the top eight. Maybe we'll have two in the top five by the end of the year. So really incredible progress made by, by those nations. So they definitely deserve an episode, especially the podcast's favorite player of all time, Casper Rude. So, Marcus, let's talk about Casper first. Tell us all about him. I mean, first of all, we got we got to acknowledge that Frankie specifically, Frankie has absolutely hated on Holger Runa in the past, and I have absolutely flamed Casper Runa in the past. Let's just get that out of the way. Like the Let's get it out of the way, though. But let's also say you've become the biggest Casper Rude fan of all time, and I've become a massive Holger Runa fan. That is true. We even got comparisons to Djokovic coming out of Frankie's mouth, so it's getting serious. You know, things have changed since we started this podcast. But uh, yeah, Casper Rude, twenty-four years old, from Norway. Uh, took a little while for him to break into kind of the top echelon of tennis. His first couple of years on the tour, he was a good clay court player, would literally win a lot of these little 250 tournaments like after Wimbledon that were Frankie and I would deem them uh, irrelevant, but they're very, very relevant because now he has stepped up his game and has made three Grand Slam finals within the last year, Um, two last year, and he's made the French Open final this year. Really, really solid player. Doesn't knock your socks off with any of his shots. Specifically, I'd say his forehand is probably his best shot. Um, His backhand can be a little bit weak. But overall, he is just a really good grinder. Has great fitness. uh, Just good overall game. Plays like a very heavy clay court style. 
um frankie first time I, I to be fair i'm completely shocked that he's made three grand slam finals i never thought that he would ever be top 10 let alone even top 20 first time i saw the guy live was 2018 against jan leonard struff um another podcast favorite on court 15 um perfect yeah. Right where Casper belongs. Right where he belongs. And I'm not going to lie. I thought he belonged there because Struff just absolutely – I mean, this is a, a kid-friendly podcast. He took him to town. We'll call him that because he just absolutely destroyed him. He, he had no answer. And I was like, oh, man, this rude guy, you know, he's just going to be one of these – you know, I'm going to be watching him on court 15 pretty much like every year in the first or second round. And, you know, he's just always going to be here. You know, one of those guys who Frankie and I would always watch at the open. Um, but he's going to be the new Daniel Brands. Uh, oh, hey, watch out. Daniel Brands, you Daniel Brands beat Federer once. All right. Don't don't hate on Daniel Brands. I was thinking more like Matthias Bachinger. Yeah, that guy. You remember him, Frankie, the ball boy days, every qualifying you'd see him. That was basically our Casper Rude, my Casper Rude prediction. But he, man, has this guy turned it around. He plays super consistent. Um, this year, beginning of the year, we were a little disappointed with him, with his results in the beginning of the year. We found out that he did not have a true off season. That he was kind of torn around doing some exhibitions for some extra cash. Good for him. Um, he finally got it together. He is pretty much, in terms of Grand Slams, only really a threat on. For me, the biggest threat on a clay court slam going to always be a French Open threat. Um, and hardcore, he proved himself last year when he made it to the final of the U.S. Open. Uh, for me, he's completely irrelevant on grass. So, you know, nothing really to discuss there. Whereas Runa, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later, has a little bit more variety in his game and is able to kind of adapt well to all surfaces. Rude is a very more clay court, kind of slow court adapted player but we've loved casper he's a really really nice guy down to earth loves playing golf really really good at golf apparently and his dad is christian rude one of the first like ever there's only two norwegian players pretty much ever as far as i know it's pretty much christian and his son casper yeah i think that's pretty spot on he's also a big kaigo fan friends with kaigo fellow norwegian (laughs) so he also had a great time at the uh weekend concert last week i sent Uh you that on instagram right hysterical i love when casper has a personality um yeah i mean it's i i think that marcus has basically perfectly said it casper has continuously outperformed the talent that he has been given like his physical talent he is an incredibly hard worker i think fitness wise there is and I was having this conversation with somebody at work the other like week, there's only one guy on tour that I would pick to go toe-to-toe fitness-wise with Novak Djokovic, and that is Kasper Ruud. I think mentally, there is very few people who are as tough as Kasper Ruud in terms of not really showing any negative emotion, really just always staying in there. And I think that Kasper is going to be a grand slam threat. I think he probably will end up winning one. I would be my guess. I mean, like, he's already he's made just, three finals. He's made three finals. You got to think he's going to win one. Um, but he's cert. I mean, if he doesn't, he would certainly enter the conversation as one of the best players to never win a grand slam. In my opinion, I already think he's kind of there to be honest, three grand slam finals. But aside from that, I, I think that Marcus is correct. Casper uh, has, when he, goes for it 
which is what he did in that semifinal against uh, Zverev when he is attacking on clay. Wow, is it a joy to watch? He is very he is he's a fun player to watch. Do not be sort of uh, strayed away by what some people's call when people call him boring and whatever. Like when Casper is going for his shots, when he's playing offensive heavy topspin tennis, he's got a really strong forehand. What I would describe as like an A A forehand, like on a grading scale, just an A. It's not an A plus. It's not like on the elite level, but it is it is a very strong weapon. Yeah, his backhand has gotten a lot better from the from when I was watching it at Roland Garros. He's not just sort of spinning it back like he does sometimes and how he had gotten into that bad habit a little bit last year. He is being a little bit more offensive with it, hitting some down the line like nice winners. His serve. Is it anything that's sort of like amazing? Is it an A? No. But is it a B plus B? Yeah, it's not going to hurt him by any means. Like it's serviceable. Like it's a good serve. He's got a great second serve, in my opinion. Like uh, he's not giving like any layups by any means on it. His return is pretty good, does the job. But by far the thing that Casper has improved on, and that's actually why I would pause when it comes to like, is he a Grand Slam threat at Wimbledon yet? Because I don't know. Is Casper's net game has definitely improved, and at the very least, like I said, like I don't think his volleys are great, but his sort of instinct to go forward has gotten miles better that I don't think is up for debate. I saw him attacking the net way, way more. And I think that once he gets that and he gets more comfortable with it and he gets more reps volleying and uh, playing an attack and sees how much better it is for his body to attack like that and make points shorter. I could see him being a threat at a Wimbledon. Like the thing that I love about Casper is that he is such a hard worker that it wouldn't surprise me if he got good on grass. This guy was completely irrelevant on hard courts two years ago. He's made a grand slam final on a hard court. So I don't know. Yeah, we shouldn't count him out. That's for sure. And his volley, his volley game has improved tremendously. And again, like Frankie was saying, this guy, his team around him has just maximized everything out of this man's body and out of his tennis level and his talent. And he's, He's stone cold like all the previous Scandinavian greats to kind of come through. Um, and, and he's just an absolute joy to watch. If you can go watch him first round on court five at the U.S. Open, please do because they will probably put him there again. The U.S. Open's going to disrespect him again. You know it, Frankie. You know it. That's why you're shaking your head. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a whole nother topic for a different day. Frankie, let's get into Holger Runa, who actually has him and Rude aren't really best friends, considering they're both from Scandinavia. They do beef a little bit. Um, and Frankie's going to tell us all about why. Runa is a little bit different than your average Scandinavian. He plays a little more fire. Let me tell you, okay? This guy's name should be Holgero Runaruma because he plays <laughs> with some Mediterranean flair. He does not play like a Scandinavian at all. <laughs> he is the opposite of Casper. You want to talk about fire and ice? Holger is higher. I mean, he is he has a lot of personality on court. He's got the Daniil Medvedev, Novak Djokovic sort of like boomy. It makes me better attitude. He's great for the game with that, to be honest, because he gets a lot of like anybody that interacts with the fans like that. I think is phenomenal for the game. And Holger is definitely that. And he is somebody that I was sort of completely wrong about, because what I admire 
what I said, what I admired about Rude the most is his ability to sort of work. And I've seen him get so much better and be clearly to me, the most coachable player that uh, that is on the tour right now. Holger, Holger Runa's uh, sort of thing for me is that this guy has got to be one of the most adaptable players I've ever seen at 19 years old. I mean, his ability to sort of go from like a really offensive game style to know to, to then say to himself, I'm not going to win this way. I need to start playing some defense and just hitting the ball deep with a lot of topspin and try to get this guy out of rhythm is something that is really, really rare in a 19 year old. And, you know, that's something that not even Carlos Alcaraz has yet. Carlos Alcaraz is just like, I'm better than everyone because I'm a robot. So try to beat me. (laughs) Holger is not doing that. Holger, I think, has recognized that he can play his style his favorite, his favored style rather against 90% of the tour and win. But if he wants to beat that 10%, these freaks like Alcaraz and Sinner and whoever it may be, he needs to beat, he needs to play to win, not necessarily play how he likes. And I admire that about him a lot. And it's not something that I saw, uh, you know, when he was initially coming up, but he's the real deal. He's a really, really good player. He's got a great backhand. His forehand to me I, has that hitch in it. I don't love it, but it works. It works. So uh, who am I to judge? His serve, I go back and forth on. I'm actually kind of curious to hear your opinion on that because on one hand, he seems to have pretty good serve efficiency and like serving percentage. But on the other, I have seen it fall apart. Like I have seen him hit like in that match against Rude, like, a lot of double faults in a row in the first set. So I don't a hundred percent know what's going on there, but yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how two guys from sort of the same cultural region of the world are just polar opposite players personality wise. Yeah. And I think I tell me if I'm wrong here, Frankie, but I think from a, ta- I, I would pick Holger from a talent perspective over Casper just pure just pure talent perspective but Holger and I think this kind of goes into the serving problem that you were talking about about why he didn't really have his legs underneath him on those serves against Casper uh, uh, in that quarterfinal I think Holger's actually biggest weakness is his fitness I think that his fitness is going to potentially hold him back from winning a slam I think that his talent is there and I think that his mentality is great I think that his fitness kind of lags, especially if he plays a longer match or two. You see his legs kind of start to shake in tougher matches or he seems to be not not there for a set or two. Um, and then he'll come back alive like he did against Casper. But at that point, it's just too late. Like you got to be physically ready from the get. Um, that's the only really concern that I have with Holger. And that kind of answers the serving question for me is that I think sometimes his legs are too tired that he's not able to get underneath it a lot. And he tends to, I've seen a lot of matches this year, even at Rome it happened to, he kind of just, he's somewhat injured. He's maybe cramping something. Something's going on with him physically a lot of the time where I'm, I'm a little concerned of that long term for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. My response to that would be that I think Holger Rune falls under the category of players that do not have a man's body yet. That is not something that they've <laughs> or developed. Or face. Yet. Sheesh. 
<laughs> right. But no, I mean, that that all fits together, right? And another player I include in that that Marcus has very rightly pointed it out is, is Yannick Sinner. They just do not have that sort of fully developed body yet. And until they get that, I, I don't know if they'll reach that final step mm-hmm. quite yet. It's just tough because when you compare it to somebody like Carlos Alcaraz, who is he definitely has a man's body at like 18, 19 years old. It's a different physical class, you know? And I'm so curious as to how these guys are going to sort of develop over their time, like over the next like 10 years, because somebody who we have this sort of same criticism about was Novak Djokovic. Novak used to not be able to even play in heat back in the day for those of, uh, for those of you who have been watching the tour for as many years as us. Right. And what a turnaround this is yeah. from Novak, right? So I don't want to say that it's going to hold them back forever because there's going to be some sort of moment where it's going to click for these guys and it, and it could very well just completely change the trajectory. So that would sort of be my one response to that. But I, I agree with what Marcus said. Holger is absolutely the more talented player. You don't get to top five, top six in the world like Holger is if you're not exceptionally talented. You know, that 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 is sort of the the icing on the cake there. At the same time, what is interesting, and again, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, Marcus, is when it comes to these two playing each other, Rude seemingly is a is a tough matchup for Holger. Yeah, and I think I think this kind of goes back to the point that I made is that because Casper makes it physical, and when he gets physical, he's got the advantage. Like Frankie mentioned, his, his fitness is top notch on the tour. He's got it pretty much over anybody, but especially against somebody with like Holger or or Yannick Sinner, who's just not ready to deal with that. I think Holger would do better on a quicker surface against Rude, maybe like a faster U.S. Open hard court. Or something like that, um, but I think. Oh, on a, you mean the tournament where Casper Ruud's gotten to a final at? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I w- I would love to see that matchup this year at the U.S. Open. I think that would be really entertaining because I think that court speed would would definitely change things. But yeah, I, silly of me to count out Casper there, but um, I think because Casper makes it physical and he doesn't really give you much to work with, whereas. Holger has tremendous success success against Djokovic, surprisingly, because he's able to kind of play that firepowery game against Djokovic and plays sort of similar to Djokovic in some sense, whereas Casper just cannot figure out Joker at all, and, and Joker just completely dominates him. So it's tennis is such a matchup favored thing, but I think directly to Rude Rune, Runa, sorry, Mom, Casper's uh, fitness makes it makes it a difference yeah so two things one i make that joke about the u.s open because it's another example of us because it's me too saying that like casper oh like he should struggle on this surface but like he kind of figures it out like the dude just like defies everything that you think about him and and uh, you know i again mean that with the greatest respect possible like I think Casper Root is amazing. To to your second point about like why Rune Runa is good against this player, not against this. I think that Runa has infinite more variety 
and ways to sort of kill you than Rude does. Rude is really only beating you in a handful of ways. He, he, he doesn't have every facet in his game, right? And his main way of, of killing you is going to be by out-physicaling you, which, by the way, is the best one to have because that basically will win against 75 to 80% of the tour, i.e. every single ATP 250 that Casper enters. That's how he wins. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to play. I'm serious. I, I mean yeah, that with respect. Wrong. Like, why would he need to go full offensive and try to play pretty when, like, he could just win by out, out, uh, outworking these guys if he yep. knows that's how he's going to win? That's how he wins all those. The problem becomes when Casper plays somebody who is at that elite upper echelon and he's not able to out physical them, or that's not an option because the other guy's coming out swinging and he's hitting offensive shots. That's where you see Casper be a deer in headlights. And that's why in each of the Grand Slam finals that he's in, he's gotten kind of blown out in, in you know, two or three of them. Granted, he's gone against three all-time greats, but still, that's why that's we've seen this happen with Casper. Holger doesn't have that problem. Holger has a really defensive style that I've seen him play. I've seen him go full-blown, like, balls to the wall, like, offensive, like, fed like almost uh and i've seen him go like rafa nadal like heavy topspin counter punching on clay court coverage you know so he's got a very wide skill set that he can sort of call upon yeah he can cut he can kill you a thousand ways and his use of of the drop shot as well is something that we see kind of similar to carlos um in in this new generation that's coming up carl uh casper's not really a heavy drop shotter but casper does have a better net game i think at the moment um not that holger can't be a better volleyer but i think that holger's still yet to add that to his game and i think that would actually be good for him kind of reduce a little bit of the physicality that's sometimes imposed on him and that would be a good play against Casper too. So, um, yeah, these these guys are awesome for the game. It's great to see Scandinavian tennis back on the map. And also, from a country outside of Sweden, it's just traditionally really only been Sweden, and now we're getting some Denmark and some Norway. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that they, that they beef. How dare you disrespect Grand Slam champion Caroline Wozniacki like that? I was, talking about, I was thinking of the men, but that is a fair point. All right, that's my childhood crush you're talking about. So calm oh. it down. Hey, I met her. She's super nice. I. That's the dream of this podcast. When that happens, <laughs> I'm hanging it up. There's no reason to go past it. Anyway, Rory Rory McIlroy is the John Mayer of tennis. Moving on. Anyway, um, <laughs> she met her and David Lee. David Lee, nicest dude like ever. I was like, bro, New York Nick legend, David Lee. Thank you. Let's go. That's Let's right, go, Nick. There's always next year. Anyway, <laughs> um, that is going to do it for us here. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. A special shout out to our Scandinavian listener, Clara, um, who is very frequent interact uh, interactor of the podcast. Hope yes. you enjoyed this one. Um, and uh, we will catch you guys uh, next time. As they say in Danish, uh, Farvel, which means goodbye. Okay, in Swedish it's Hedo, so that is a goodbye in that. But I don't know Norwegian. Sorry, maybe it's the same. Pavil. Excuse Pavil. me. Yeah.
Yeah, we got a lot of the Scandinavians say that the Danish speak like they got potatoes in their mouths. So that's kind of the interesting. I want to hear from the listeners if that's actually true or not. Our Scandinavian listeners, please respond in DMs. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs> See ya. Bye.